Lucky Lefty Nation, what's going on? Welcome in. It is The Slant right here at the Lucky Lefty Podcast featuring and brought to you by Anor Whiskey. Go to AnorWhiskey.com and get some of that premium American whiskey. Something to sip on as you watch the Irish each and every Saturday. It's the Anor Whiskey. That'll get you through those games, man. You know, games that should be blowouts and you end up down up three, up three. 14 minutes left in the fourth quarter and need a reverse the field 98-yard touchdown from your best player to kind of give you some breathing room. That's the type of thing you need to sip on while you go through those seesaws, up and downs, which in Notre Dame fighting Irish. It's Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. So, as always, I am Sean Davis at SD2 Mike's my guy, the original lucky left to himself, that dude, Malik Zaire, the overtime Malik. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Brian Kelly joined the media, and as we talked about it last week, he uh, when he was asked about this week, he was like, nothing ever changes. It's the same thing. As always, preparing for Navy, they are who they are. The game is what it is each and every year. Preparation is the same. So the dread that you spoke about and your experiences as a player, looking forward to the preparation, that was echoed by Brian Kelly this week. You expect a game where they're going to run the clock, minimize your opportunities. You have to be efficient on offense. Hopefully get out in front take them out of their game and force them to pass the ball more and not be as judicious with the pass and, you know, just be better. You know, it is what it is. He did talk about how the defense struggled mightily early in the season, uh, giving up 40 points twice. But recently you go back to the Cincinnati game where they played them very tough and was able to make it a one possession game late and they just weren't able to recover their onside kick. And they've continued to play very well, much better, coming to this matchup in Notre Dame Stadium. So it's going to be a tough, tough game. And some of the flaws that we've seen uh, with Notre Dame, as far as tackling, linebackers have a bad look. This is not the game to have bad fits, okay? If you have bad fits against this team, forget the perimeter run game. They will gas you with the foot with the dive. That's all right. Day. They're, turning everything, they're turning everything that's third and two, second and three, second and four in the first downs. So man, it's super it, it sucks because you know it's coming and they're getting it anyway. And you're not gonna get a lot of help. They're not like a lot of other teams that you know, offensive line, you know, had a lot of procedure penalties and false starts and getting behind the sticks. Nah, this is a straight up, look, we're not going anywhere. You're better than us, but you're going to have to whoop out in order to win this game. And in a lot of ways, you know, this is defining a lot for our offense because I don't think we have necessarily the offense that's like a 2020-2019 Kansas City where we're just going to put up 56 points and you just got to outscore us. Yeah. Or even like a Golden State where they had Kevin Durant, where they're just you just gonna have to beat a scorn. So this is not so that's why I, I feel like a lot of defenses are play with us within a lot of games because we have a lot of special players, but we don't as a unit play like a lights out offense. 
So that's why we have the games that I feel like we have with teams that even though we should beat and do beat, it's not like we're making it look so easy. So I think that uh, for Navy, especially knowing what we're going to get on defense, Navy's defense isn't terrible, you know, so it's going to be interesting for us in executing on third down and making sure our drives count. Because if our drives don't count, then the defense is going to be a lot more pressured and we're not going to have many chances at getting in the end zone, which is going to really define if our offense is as efficient as it should be. I don't think we're as efficient in other games, in regular games. We spend too much time sometimes three and outs or getting too cute or whatever the case may be. But it's a game where we got to execute and be efficient. And it'll define a lot about our offense. At some point in this game, you have to eliminate everything that has kind of derailed the offense and the defense in the last two games with USC and North Carolina. You know, we've seen a lot of drop passes, especially on crucial third downs. Can't have that. Those are those, man, those opportunities are gold, even more golden against a team like Navy and in this type of game. Like I said, the penalties. You can't have a big run and then have a holding call. Right. You know, when the holding call had no real impact, Mm -hmm. you know, getting everything you wanted to get done. So with all of that being said, it's just crazy that you come into this game and once again, you'll be without your All-American safety. And, you know, we just have to really ask the question because uh, Brian Kelly was asked about this. And, you know, it was interesting the answer he gave. He was asked, is this the last time Kyle Hamilton or have we seen Kyle Hamilton play his last game at Notre Dame? I do. Uh, and look, it's his decision. And, and those aren't easy decisions. And, and he'll lean on his family. Um, you know, we have an outside source that we bring in that evaluates all of our players, that he's got a chance to listen to, to all that information. But Kyle will make the right decision. And, and – what's what's right for him um and look we're assuming that everything goes great with his knee right i mean so let's make that assumption and and then if that's the case he'll have all the information in front of him and we're going to support him 100 percent, whatever it is um and and again that's the nature of where we are today in college football guys got to make those kinds of decisions but we'll support him he's been a great teammate so I take that back. He wasn't asked whether or not he's played his last game. He was asked whether or not Cal Hamilton is going to play again at Notre Dame. And he said, I do. He, he thinks he'll play again. Look, let me tell you something, man. Yeah, let's let's just let's just talk about it. Let me let me tell you something. <laughs> I'll I'll tell Cal Hamilton today, hey brother, I appreciate you. Yeah. I'm thank like you, thank you for everything that you've done. Listen, you on and off the field for this program. Yeah. Uh, You will be remembered. You are remembered. Legend. legend And uh, you don't have to, Brian (laughs) Brian Kelly, like, you don't have to come in. Who's going to come in? (laughs) All they do has to do is Google all the draft reports. Yeah. All the mocks. Like, we don't need no special outside investigator to come in. Like, this is what the NFL is saying. Let me tell you something, man. Your first round top 10 pick, my brother. 
on TV. You can look on TV right think now. About that. And the irony of it is, after great after the great comeback story, we are watching the career of Jalen Smith come to an end right before our eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe hangs on and plays a few more years, but not at the level that he was able to get back to. And that's a great story, the fact that he was able to get back to that after that tragic injury in the bowl game. And not necessarily recover all the money, but got a good part of the money that he should have got when he before he got hurt. Absolutely. So, you know, Notre Dame fans, I mean, I understand. You can be selfish. You want to see him play. I mean, if, if you can't beat the remaining schedule, make the remaining teams on your schedule without Kyle Hamilton, that says something about the program. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't think the program is even down that road to where Kyle is the Kyle makes us a a phenomenal team. We're a really good team now. He makes us a phenomenal team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So not having Kyle, I mean, we won last week. So it's not like – I don't want to say it like we don't need him because we 100%, 1,000% need him. And especially, I would say if he was to come back, come back in the playoffs because I, I believe we could win. But that's if I was thinking he should come back. I don't think he should come back because what, what else does he have to prove to anybody? I mean, he's got exactly everything that you come to school for. You get you graduate, you know. Get your get your high marks and go to the league. And he has just done it faster and at a higher accomplished rate than anybody else. So his reward is already set up in stone, pretty much. He just got to make sure he come to the dinner on time. That's all. So for him, come to the dinner on time. Get healthy, man. Don't even worry about this. <laughs> and all that mushy stuff about yeah. playing for your brothers and all of that stuff. Man, look. Man, look. Uh, and you, I, Irish fans, you know, there's certain Irish fans that probably feel like still don't like the direction that college football and amateur sports are taken in general with the NIL. You know how people say, yeah, you know, we're, our first job is to educate these kids. Man, stop. The top teams are, are football factories, dude. They don't educate these kids. And if these kids want to take advantage of their education, that's their own choice. But the mindset of these top kids, these top 100 to top 200 kids, when they come into these schools in the SEC, Big Ten, and ACC, their goal is to get to the NFL. That's it. And that's how they and that's how they go about their routine every day. I think and that's that, it. That's why they get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. They don't get up at 5 a.m. in the morning because of their brotherhood. It's their <laughs> well, dream. Well, winning games takes a brotherhood. No, that's what I'm saying. But, but the motivation, bro. Motivation is different. Yeah. Motivation. That motivation for that 4 30 a.m. workout <laughs> or that 5 a.m. workout. That's a career building day. It's a career build for yourself. It's your yourself. career building. Absolutely. Thing. That's determination. You digging deep because the dream is not to play at that particular school. The dream is to play on Sunday. Yeah. That's the dream. And this is the path to that dream. Absolutely. You know, and when you get to a point where you've realized and you've gotten to the pinnacle of your value, 
on this level and you don't want to jeopardize that value because the dream is within reach and you can taste it, then by all means, go yeah. rest up, young man. Yeah. Go buy you a nice little beach house out in San Diego. Yeah, and relax. And we'll relax and work out every morning. And, and that's and that's just a sign that it just tells you, man, job well done. It's something that's not serious enough to where you really worried about your draft stock. Yeah. It's early enough in the season to where you can go get healthy and be you don't even have to do the, the combine stuff, I wouldn't believe. No. So you really just getting in phenomenal shape, phenomenal health, and picking which nice suit you want on draft. But thank you for your services. <laughs> you definitely, you're definitely not going to the combine. No. Right? No. You know, you'll go there to have them test out the knee. Yeah, yeah. But like that's protein. You know, one to lick, whatever analytical test they want to give to try and determine how intelligent you are and all of that. And then sit down with teams and have some meetings with the heads of those teams, the owner, general manager, head coach. That's fine. But at the end of the day, there's nothing else that he owes this program. Yeah, nothing else. You know what I mean? Because from a recruiting standpoint, he has given the standard to the next two recruiting classes, safeties and DBs, for somebody to look at to say, yo, that's a first-round talent that came from Notre Dame in my position. So what he's created not only his, during his time in the past and now in the present and what he's created from a recruiting standpoint for the future at his position, yes, we're good. We're good. I'm good, man. Like, hey, if, this, if we've seen him play the last time, man, my last and my lasting impression will be the interception snatch of the helmet off against Florida State. That, that right there. I kind of moment. He gave me that moment, the first game of the season. Like, get it out of the way. Get out the way. Get it out it, it was, the way. It's what you wanted to see, man. It's exactly the guy who we thought he was coming into the season. Yeah. He jumped off early with picks in the first four games. Something crazy, just like Trayvon Diggs is in a sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, from a from a perfect ending, I mean, listen, he has nothing to prove to me. <laughs> no. I think if it was like if he was just like you know what I want to keep playing for Malik that's my gonna make my decision I'll be like listen you did it man you Look, yeah, I was his roommate and I'm like yo you playing next week because Brian Kelly said more than likely he'll be ready for the game. <laughs> right if I was his roommate and I asked him like Cal you playing next week and he was like yeah I'm like what the hell for yeah, why? For what? I thought we were going on vacation at the <laughs> house vacation at the like, you know, and it will actually be selfishly because I'm like, hold on, when you don't play, I get to start. So yeah. <laughs> what you playing for? I'm trying to get my little value up, man. Right. Like we're good. Like we, we can win without you. We can be Navy and Virginia. We we'll be straight. You know, if we make it to the playoffs, if you want to come back, I'll step aside. That's cool. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. It's like everybody knows. And Brian Kelly, he knows. That's why Brian Kelly answered the way he answered. Like, yo, that's his decision. Like, 
Coach Kelly knows that he got to walk light too because he doesn't want to come off in a in a selfish way himself. You know what I mean? So yeah. you know he, he almost got to say more power to you. But in the back of his mind, that's why he had to mention in this day and age. Yeah, so that's what guys got to think about because right. if it wasn't his day and age, he would be yeah. like, "Are you kidding me?" No, he's gonna play. He's practicing tomorrow, so right. we're not, he's squashing right. that. We're moving on to Navy. He's gonna be there, right. right? But now it's like you know, players can leave. They can. So brands and social medias are big for players now. So you just you can't just say anything anymore. You can't right. just you know. So that's crazy. So we're gonna get into it uh, tonight. We'll have our live college football ranking show for the college football playoffs starting at seven p.m. Eastern. You can check us out. Then we'll be unveiling the rankings right, right here for you on the Lucky Lefty podcast. So we just move along right quick, man. Let's recap some of the things that happened this past weekend. Hey, we can just start it off and just give it about 10 seconds because there's nothing else to say. <laughs> Look, man, the biggest cocktail party took place down in Jacksonville, and uh, all of the Florida Gators must have been drunk. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because this is pregame. I don't know. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, man. Like teams, I, I feel like Georgia's defense toys with you, right? They're like, all right, let's give them a few yards, let's give them a play, and it's like, okay, it's like playing your little brother in basketball out front of the crib. You know, let him hit a couple of shots, think he's like playing really good, he has a chance, and then all of a sudden, you know, especially if you're playing make it take it, like. All right, let me run off about 15, 16 straight. It's, it's, it's sick because it's one of the few teams I've ever seen that can really, like, press the button. That can yeah. really just turn it on and be like, all right, we done playing with you. Three it's, and out. It's Pick. literally an easy button. It's literally an easy button. Like, yo, this is easy. Like, they're, they, they, I don't think that they underestimate teams. They just feel like when it's time to play, it's time to play. And I think either the money is good down there that what they 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 understand what it's about, and they on the same page with it, or they just like you said, these are what's the what's your motivation for getting up at five a.m. Them boys in Georgia know on yes, that sir. side of the ball they're going to the league. They're going to the league. <laughs> you know what I mean? That makes it easy at three thirty in the morning to get up, grab something to eat, hit that hit that weight room. I'm telling you, well when you know, and they know. They know, like the way we looking, everybody eating on this defense. Everybody's eating. <laughs> we all looking. Starters good. and backups. Yeah, and backups eating. Yes. We all going to the league, so we just having fun. That's a it's team that's having fun. It's bananas, man. With that's no hard. quarterback. With no, no quarterback. quarterback. No quarterback. Wait, how are you the best team by far with no quarterback? <laughs> Boy, this is this is crazy. Yo, <laughs> let's talk about two teams in Notre Dame. Actually, well, you know, one team that Notre Dame actually played early in the season. And uh, I told you they were I told you they were gonna drag Iowa, right? I told you Wisconsin was gonna drag Iowa. I, I didn't I tell you that? Didn't I tell you that? Yeah, but listen. And that actually makes that actually makes Notre Dame look better, the resume. If Wisconsin runs the table, they end up winning the West and they going get to the, the big team championship. So that, that makes the resume good. Is Notre Dame outside chance of possibly making it to the playoffs? We'll dig into that on the CFP show later on tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. But 
Dude, football is something else, especially college football. It's easy for teams to look like these Cinderella's with these great seasons early on. But college football just has a way of exposing, like, nah. It know? always shakes out. It always shakes out. It takes the makeup off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you ever catch somebody, like, early in the morning, they didn't know they were going to run into you, and they're not, they're not made up. That's right. And it's like, oh, snap. And, and it oh, gets the to lights it. come on at the club. That's right. And it hits. Reality smacks you in the face. And that's why Coach Kelly said it's nothing new. It's a standard because the difference is, and Coach Kelly had a great quote he used to say all the time, October's are four pretenders. November is four contenders. So this is an expectation for us at Notre Dame was that you know, October, everybody's good. But November is where you get to the nitty-gritty where yeah. seasons are made. A lot of these Cinderella teams you hear about early on, they didn't even know they was going to be that good, right? That's why people are hype on them. But the season has a funny way of shaking out because, one, it gets colder, and two, expectations rise, and that film builds. So you got all types of how do you continue success and consistency I say all the time, I'm the only one, in my opinion, the only person, and you can date me back to where I couldn't give Patrick Mahomes the credit of being a young goat. I couldn't do it because you have to have a consistent time for it. I said he's only had one season that he's really played for where he blew up. Obviously, anybody with some great talent like him, it's going to take a while to figure it out. But what happens when it gets figured out? And that's what we see in, in what year three, you know. I mean, that happened. Back. I mean, dude, Tom Brady had down years in the middle of his career. You know what I'm saying? But we can evaluate Tom Brady because he's literally been doing it for 20 years. That's, I mean, that's that's fair, but I mean, you can evaluate the fact that Patrick Mahomes was the best player in the league. Like it is if we talk about just specific years, right. That's right. what I'm saying. Specific years, Lamar Jackson was the best player. Fact, in the league. But we're talking about who is the GOAT and who is the consistent and who is the who's going to be the consistent one at the end. That's hot right time. now, right now, from a trajectory of career, Josh Allen is trending at a more consistent pace than any of the other ones. Mm. Mm. He's not hit the, the same yeah. heights. But he's been more consistent progressing. Yeah. And I'm not even a Josh Allen fan. Yeah. And you look at Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's spiking right now. I think I think Deshaun's done more with less than Josh Allen, but that's just Oh, for sure. Deshaun never had a defense like Josh Allen. Like he's on. never had a legitimate coach. <laughs> just or offensive coordinator. So or people that don't trade away his players, they actually get Josh Allen players, you know, Stefan Diggs, you know, all type of talent. So I mean, I'm just saying, you know, when you look at it, I mean, I, I understand, I understand that. But yeah, the college football season exposes, you know, just exposes teams, exposes programs, and you see why teams, you know, even when you take a, a look at Clemson, and you know, it's a bump in the road. It's a bump in the road. That's what I believe. It's a bump in the road. You know, they'll dominate. They have a, a man. The quarterback they have coming in next year, yo, like Jordan Cornette said, like if that cat DJ doesn't get it together, he's going to be Kelly Bryant looking to transfer again. 
Yeah, the guy behind, yeah, the guy, he's, he's like another Trevor Lawrence almost, right? The guy that's mm-hmm. coming in. But they also said that about the little running back they got, uh, Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. rebooted. They also talked high about him, but he's, oh, no. there he's, was, another, you know, he's just he, another guy. He decommitted from Notre Dame, so, you know. We sprinkled a little something, something on him. Will Shipley, you come up here. We be commit from Notre Dame. We sprinkle a little something, something on you. That yeah. take that like, with you. Take yeah, it with you. That's like a minus two of all of your, uh, all, all of your attributes. Uh, you right. Done. We go into the settings and, and minus two on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think we can take a DJ. We'll take a DJ because we, because you know, we'll. Oh. Man, look, man, don't, 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 don't mess with me like that. Don't, don't, do that. DJ, don't do that, man. If that dude, no boy, we can use him. If boy, we can block, that we can block the transfer portal. Or we'll take Spencer. Shoot, because Spencer definitely got to go now. I mean, this is this is getting ridiculous. Spencer Rattler. Yeah, he will definitely take Spence. Man, look at here, boy. You're about to make Notre Dame. No, nah, I don't know. Him Kelly fired up, boy. Like you didn't heard something out there in California about Spencer Rattler. Hey, I, I think he'll look nice. You know, I, I bet you his fans watching right now is like, oh, I'm cool with Tyler Buckner. Say what? I'm cool. No, Tyler and I mean, clearly we use so Tyler anyway. So let's say DJ decided to transfer at the end of this year. And you had the choice of bringing DJ in or being cool with Drew Pine, Steve Angeli, and uh, Tyler Buckner in the quarterback room. You telling me you're not going to entertain DJ? Yeah, they'll definitely. I mean, I don't know. Then again, I don't know. I saw DJ at a Dr. Pepper commercial. I, hey, don't man, think, look. I don't think that'll fly at Notre Dame if Coach Kelly don't got a Dr. Pepper commercial. And I think, I'm going to be honest with you, man, as bad as he's played, I think he's somewhere in between what we saw when he came to Notre Dame Stadium and what we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean, he's not a... Because either way, next year's offensive line, I think, has a chance to be beastly. Yeah. Really good. And no matter who you put back there. That's what I said. We will be fine with him. Yeah. Like, Clinton couldn't use him because you got to be the man. Right. You don't got to be the man over here. No. And... We'll be everywhere you want to be. And you honestly, I don't think I don't I don't think Kyron will be back. That's just my opinion, right? Now. I don't think Kyron returns. Kyron needs to get some more money. You didn't see him run 91 yards back and forth over people all the way down. Look, he's another one. I thought when he got a little nick, I said, okay, that's cool. Just go ahead and get healthy, man. You already right. you, you know, you did your thing. So yeah, if he puts up another 200, he should just man pull <laughs> a touchdown and run up the tunnel. Yeah, just keep running. Just run that. Like, man, it's been real. (laughs) I'm getting ready for the league. It's definitely possible, and it needs to be talked about. You can max out your potential in college, and that's okay. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence maxed out his potential. Ian maxed out his potential. It's cool. It's nothing else for Kyron. You know, people maybe he can come back win the Heisman. It's like, yo, he is who he is. People like the league knows who he is. He's not a first-round pick. He's a more versatile Josh Jacobs, though. Yeah, you can grab him late second, maybe early third. That's where running backs go for the most part. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing at all. 
you know. Because I mean, he wouldn't go any higher continuing to run the ball anyway. No, no. And you might as well save the amount of carries that you have. Yeah, like for what? And, and, and just get to your dream, like we said. Because no oh. matter what, he's a second, third round, and nothing is going to change that. From hey. Now, unless he runs made. a fold, fold two. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my Heisman pick right now, he wears number nine. For the Michigan State Spartans. Let me tell you something, boy. Let me tell you something, man. You like this guy? Hey, either way, it didn't matter if he had transferred or stayed where he had. He'd still be undefeated. Yeah. He'd still be undefeated. It doesn't make a difference. He'd be undefeated at Wake Forest. He'd be undefeated at Michigan State. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I like him. I like him because he, you know – a bell cow. That's why I respect him. He reminds me of Kyler. He's a bell cow. You don't get a lot of those guys not running style. I'm talking about guys you can depend on to take the rock 30-some times a game. You know what I'm saying? At that point in time, that Michigan defense was giving up sub three yards per rush. That's what they came into that game giving up. This young yeah. man said, hold my beer. Let me show you something. Eight yards a carry. Yo. Yo. And then the fourth quarter just warmed down. Just yeah. oh, I was just running through tackles. Like, yeah, I like him. You know, I'm not sitting <laughs> up here saying he's a first round back, but yeah, heck yeah. Like this him. is the year for a, a different skill position to sneak up in there because quarterback play is pretty general throughout. I mean, obviously Caleb yeah, can be yeah. considered, but nobody he hasn't had his moments. Yeah, yeah, nobody's really standing out. Maybe Caleb Williams if he continues on this trend and they get to he gotta have a, he gotta have like a moment. And I don't really see too many places down the schedule where he can have a chance to hey, do that. Let's see, Ken, but see, Kenneth Walker has one more opportunity to make a moment. Like if they, yo, if they you beat know, Ohio State, Ohio he has State, a big yeah. game. I, I pretty much would tell you it's a wrap. It would have to be. It would have to be, and he can do it because Ohio State is real suspect on that defense. Well, Penn State showed you. That you can move the ball, you know, on Ohio State. Minnesota showed showed you the first game out with Ibrahim before he got hurt that you can run the ball in that Ohio State defense. And Ohio State, Penn State, they Ohio State let Penn State stay in that game. Man, Sean Clifford is so trash, man. That's messed up. He's a he's he dude. He's a disgrace to Ohio quarterbacks, bro. Like y'all need to kick him out the club. Man, you know what it is? It's just like it's hard to be good all the time. And when you had a front-running team like Penn State where they're so inflated early on and then they just get deflated so fast towards the end of the season, you know, it's just the culture that's building. Maybe he's just consumed some of that culture because yeah. he has some good talent, but it's not like he's got an it factor like a Joe Burrow where he's going to see it through. Yeah, Some of these games he's just going to win. So. I think he's got a nice career for a nice backup, just like, you know, I think Drew Pine could be a nice backup somewhere, you know, so. Hey, that guy Ian Book might be a couple of snaps away from seeing the field. Uh, yeah, I, mean, sure. I think he can compete with a little Trevor Simeon, let him know his plays enough. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Simeon didn't look bad, so, you know, hopefully Ian can get his shot, man, but that's just, look at the Irish, man, getting a good spot. Go ahead, do your thing, man. So, like I said, it's a great weekend of college football. Big time win. Um, I don't think anybody – I think uh, (laughs) 
James Franklin, James James Franklin's agent is probably begging people to call them now. Oh yeah, dude is probably you know that Illinois laws. Schools probably stop calling like, oh word, we lost. Where would you go though? I tell you one thing, I hate to break the Spartans' heart, and I hope it doesn't happen. But that that blank check might have showed up for Baton Rouge Saturday night in East Lansing. You think so? Man, that private plane took off about four four thirty p.m. Central. Probably landed at about six thirty. That blank check was delivered right to his door. Like, hey, here you go. That's a hot job right now. That's hey. a job that you know hey. say no to that one. I think it's his for the taking. I really do at this point. And it's there's nothing else for him to prove. Like, even if he loses to Ohio State, what he's done with a program that was in shambles, left in shambles Damn. by Martin Antonio, a Martin Antonio, left in shambles, and what he's did. Reestablished it, turned it around, and his speech after the game was just like, "Oh my God, you want to give a resume pitch or a pitch as a head coach?" And uh, talking about what it meant to his career, and he was like, "No, no, this is about Michigan State and the players and the fans." I'm like, "Oh, look at this, boy! If you're yeah. a board of regents, board of another school, <laughs> you like, boy, this is what I'm talking yeah, about." Yeah, the yeah. speech this dude just gave, and I would like to say this, man, any thing that happens in my life from now on, yo, I got to have my boy do the play-by-play for it. I don't care if it's like me renewing my vows. <laughs> I don't care if it's my daughter's graduation. Yeah. Gus, Gus, Gus got to do it. He got to do it. Gus has to do it, man. Gus, you- Gus is that dude. Basketball, football. It Let's rank, right? The top three would have to be Keith Jackson, Gus, Vern, Vern's longevity with the SEC games, especially the 3 o'clock SEC game. But if you go back, you have to throw Brent Musburger in there. I like Brent Musburger. You like Brent? I like Brent. But at the top, man, give me Gus, Jackson, you know, the whoa Nelly. That just man, that's that voice yeah, I grew up with. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get rid of, but that cat Gus boy, he's easily top two. Well, you know, legendary stuff like that's what you want to what you want to be around anyway. I mean, Chris Fowler's Chris Fowler's solid too. Chris Fowler is cool. I just I don't know. Yeah, some of, sometimes some of them can be too TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Like Gus just lets it. Gus is hip hop. He said Gus hip hop. Gus is hip hop. They need to let Gus call the Masters, yo. Oh man. They need to let him call a golf, a golf uh, tournament. Do you think we could make some strides in that? Do you think? I think we would pull some great ratings. Like Snoop Dogg doing the Olympics got some great ratings. Yeah, I don't know if I want Snoop at the Masters though. Not Snoop, but you know. Something Snoop at the Masters, do that, dude. They might get kicked off. Of, they might lose their TV contract, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop at audience, the two. Man, we should be happy we got them for halftime. That's a Super Bowl. Straight up, straight up. Man, getting that dude at the Masters. Well, you know, he's been doing a lot of hockey, too, though. 
Really? He has been doing hockey. Is there an audience for that? For him? I don't, you know what? If they do a broad separate broadcast like they do with the Mannings. But the Mannings just fit, man. It's they're both like Yeah, but if you had Snoop do like a hockey joint, and the way Snoop can like use his words to describe like what's going on on the ice and have him have like hip hop or cultural guests while he's talking I mean, about it, doing many interviews, Snoop could probably get away with it. Snoop could probably get away with it. That's just like who would be who would be the former Notre Dame player that could do like a separate broadcast during Notre Dame games and do like interviews and be like entertaining. Me. I mean, that goes without saying. Oh, if it wasn't me. I mean, I'm just the A, Peacock, NBC. I mean, he's right here. I mean, he's right here. I like who they got now. I just want to find his feet. I just want to find his feet for the thought. Just a quick little three percent. That's That's all. You know, do a separate podcast. (laughs) Separate podcast up on Peacock with Malik, bringing back uh, old players. Interviewing mm. recruits on big recruiting weekends during the yeah, game. That'd be sweet. It'd be like, sweet. We're bringing all the guys, all the guys we could interview during the USC game. During the USC game, if you had been chopping it up with that cat Xavier X on the center stage, you know, they ain't gonna get you a nice little setup. So I would have had it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like you could have been like on the sideline. Front of the crowd, front of the yeah, see, they, they, let us think outside hey, the box. Hey, 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 let me tell you something. Also, I put this responsibility on all Notre Dame fans, okay? Because the structure and the foundation of the fourth quarter light show is, is solid. It's solid. It's solid. Is that, is that our new thing? But what I've seen, but from what I've seen from these independent videos taken in the stands. Y'all gotta do y'all gotta do a lot better getting into it, dude. You can't yeah. come on, man. Y'all just can't be standing there looking at each other. Now you know we you know, playing the jump song and ain't nobody jumping. Ain't nobody's moving. See, like, we, uh, y'all just we, looking. We just wholesome. We we yeah. wait for the moment. We wait for the direction. Yeah, y'all we, looking real wine and cheated cheeses. Well, we better than Stanford. We ain't reading no books in the stands like that. Oh, man. Taking we right. books in the stands and then doing Taking the homework quizzes. and stuff. Yeah, like we like we just an intramural game or something. At least yeah. we dress up for the occasion. You know, we we got some spirit coming in. You know, we like our big plays and our little songs. So right so now. What's up with your boy Dan Mullen, man? He's struggling down there. Talking about at this point, at this point in the SEC, it's about having a quarterback. It ain't, it, it used to be the run game and the defense. It's always been the defense, but nowadays the the stakes for having a quarterback are just too high, and you're just not gonna beat these teams without yeah. a quarterback. You're not beating Bama without no quarterback. You for sure ain't beating Georgia without no quarterback and another player on the offense. You're not beating. LSU without a consistent quarterback is they can win games too. They can win games too. So it's the stakes are too high. Teams are too good in the SEC. And 
you know, Ohio State if you don't have a quarterback? It's the thing about Florida is it's one of those programs, same thing with Florida State. People are really baffled. Like, yo, the hotbed of talent that's in Florida. Like, how are these two programs, like, continually struggling and can't get back to the level of excellence that existed? Why can't they find the right coach? Dan Mullen had been there, but – you know, it had been reported how terrible Dan Mullen had been in interviews and that led to him not getting big-time jobs. And he's terrible in front of reporters, man. I mean, he's just not a good press conference. Look, man, they should be able to offer coaches like a substitute if they're not good at press conference, right? I mean, because literally they just shut down access to him this week. <laughs> University is like, you know what? We're not doing anything this week, man. Like, no access at all to this dude. But Bruce Feldman on The Athletic, man, did a, a piece on the state of everything, the state of the program, and go check it out, man. He just really talked. The, the way he explains it, that program is in shambles. And I, I was shocked at how bad it is. And it's just like, Yo, Malik, you were just there not too long ago. It's like, you think about the Swamp and Danny Warfel and Tim Tebow and all the great defensive players that went to the league. And man, the old ball coach Steve Spurrier. I, man, it baffles me, especially in the SEC, that they have taken this much of a step back after Kyle Trask and. And that crew did what they did last year. Yeah, I mean, it just shows you how hard it is to to be good every year. And when you don't have a, a bona fide culture established just yet, it's it just going to take a while. This is just like a bump in the road for like Clemson. Clemson has an identity and a culture that you know and feel good that they'll bounce back from. Yeah. We're just kind of in that slipping stage like Texas to where – you they you can see that they can be really good, but they can't sustain it. You know, they got a lot of turnover, they got a lot of mediocre quarterback play, mediocre O-line play, D-line play. So there's a lot of inconsistencies on the culture side for Florida. Yeah. That that don't allow them to be consistently great. They'll have some great years because the one one of out of some of those years, they'll be able to put it together because they have such superstar players. But it's nothing to sustain it because the culture is just not conducive enough to where everybody is buying in. Yeah. You know, like when I was there, you got people living all over the place. You know, it's not a heavy centralized place to be in relation to the stadium every day. That's just a, a little thing, you know, so... I know that to be a, a winning culture, it takes a lot of different pieces. Like you think about Notre Dame, they make it look easy, but there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of discipline it takes to consistently do it year in and year out. And unfortunately, you know, in college football, some coaches are just really, really good football coaches. But nowadays you got to be much more to have a consistent program, you know, so – yeah. And Mullen is a wonderful co football coach. You know, he's going to get you some good offensive points. He's going to have the teams fight every week. But 
just like many of other good football coaches that aren't great overall, like everything in a bag type of coaches, it's just hard to find. You know, it's hard to find because a lot of times guys are trying to focus on winning games. They're not yeah. thinking about establishing nothing because they know their job on the line every year. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough spot. It really is a tough spot to find those guys that are like Nick Saban's and they can just really be, you know, emperors over this, you know, dynasty, if you will, and can do everything pretty well and be beloved and, and get votes for public office as governor and, you know, don't have chinks in the armor to say that, you know, to really poke at. And Brian Kelly, you know, just really be appreciative of the, what he's established in Notre Dame and, you know, even when we point out how petty he is sometimes, some of the things he can say, you know, his false humor not being funny when he's trying to be funny. Besides all that, you know, you accept the fact that he's one of the top coaches in college football. And, you know, you look at other programs and say, you know what, it could be worse. Each and every week we give you the petty story of the petty person of the week to put on the petty train and this week we go outside of football and we go over to the nba because your boy mark is smart man you know i'd like to say you know he was put in that position by the chicago bulls <laughs> down 19 late yeah, in the third man. uh chicago's own yeah uh morgan park's own shout out to my fellow mustangs iota sumu Coming yeah. off the bench, putting up 14. Also, my fellow Illini yeah. doing his thing for the Chicago yeah. Bulls. Putting Marcus, Spark, Marcus Smart in the spot, press conference, post game, to throw yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown under the bus. <laughs> they shoot too much. And everybody game plans knows that they're going to shoot. They need to learn how to pass the ball. And uh, I've watched the fourth quarter. And when I saw Dennis Schroeder, shoot two straight air balls early in the fourth. I'm like, yeah, I, if I'm the star player, there's no way he's getting the ball. Again. And Dennis Schroeder thinks he's a star player anyway. Everywhere he goes. Everywhere he goes. So, yeah, you know, put that dude Marcus Smart on the petty train, man. And uh, Brian Kelly pulled down the horn. Let yeah, him Brian Kelly had to make a pit stop into the basketball yeah. world, pick up another petty passenger. Man, that cat Brian Kelly is always the conductor. So right. we'll see you guys at 7 p.m. Eastern for the live show, College Football Playoff Rankings. We'll dig deep into it. We'll talk about it. Notre Dame still has a shot. I know my top four that I'm predicting is different from his top four, and we'll get into that before the unveiling of the top four in the initial college football playoff rankings. But my man, Lucky Lefty. It's Navy week. Get gritty. Put them, put them, uh, them knee pads on, man, because they're going to be coming for them. It's going to be about 35-40, Notre Dame Stadium. Get your gloves. Get your little insulated hot pad in your gloves. And get you something to sit on the seats there, too. Yeah, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get boring a little bit, too, now. <laughs> so, man, we'll see you guys at 7 right here on Lucky Lefty Podcast.